Welcome to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown, the podcast where pastor and author Matt Brown debriefs your questions about Christianity and current issues shaping our culture. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Well, welcome to the Debrief Show, guys, everybody. I am Matt Brown, and I will be your host today, going to be interviewing my friend. And so, Darren, I'm not great at interviewing. I know you know this. I talk too much and too often. It's perfect, because my wife tells me I don't talk enough. Okay, so we're like the perfect couple. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I love this. It's going to be perfect. I love this. So, uh, Darren is a a friend of mine. We've gotten to know each other over the last couple of years. Really, through COVID, we kind of connected. And um, like a lot of people in Hollywood, you kind of escaped for a bit, uh, get out of there during all of the lockdowns and craziness. And then you ended up connecting uh, at one of our campuses. I think we met at campus one day. Correct. And I had met your wife before, but then we kind of connected. And my favorite story, this is a true story. We went, we met for coffee for the first time. And here I am sitting with a producer in Hollywood. And this woman comes up to me and calls me what? Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon. Literally. And I was just laughing. I was like, see, it's, it's everywhere. But I was just, I was glad to finally have someone in Hollywood experience this Baconism that surrounds me in my life. Well, uh, I, was I, I f- mean, I have to jump in yeah. uh, because when we first started coming to the church, okay. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's Kevin Bacon. And, <laughs> and, and I was making a movie and I had an offer to Kevin Bacon. And so we was waiting oh, wow. on him to read it and respond. And yeah. ultimately he didn't do the film. I should have asked you to do yeah, it. Yeah. And, uh, but in hindsight, you- do you still think I look like him? Yeah. Oh man. So I don't see it. I think there's some nose similarities and it kind of hurts my feelings because he's quite a bit older than I am. So I think 10 years older than me. I don't know, but my wife thinks he's good looking. So I'll take it as a compliment. So anyways, he's, uh, he's aged well. Yeah. 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 Well, hopefully I'll age well. I just got on a flight two weeks ago and as I checked in, the lady said, are you Kevin Bacon? I said, no. And she said, are you lying? (laughs) I I said, does that mean I get an upgrade? So you you should own that. Yeah. Yeah. You will will get upgrades. Yeah. Did I tell you I was at a Knicks game and my wife and I were near the floor and people were chanting Kevin Bacon and Tammy goes, I think they're talking to you. So I stood up and waved and, and they, they were all cheering and there was this drunk guy behind me and he's like, are you really Kevin Bacon? And I said, yes. And my wife said, I can't believe you lied. <laughs> so, yeah, oh, there, sorry. There, there are a lot of perks. Yeah. Uh, I, I was traveling with, uh, I won't mention the name because yeah. obviously, uh, I was traveling with a well-known actor. Okay. You know his name. Everybody knows his name. And we uh, we were traveling on the day the FAA shut down oh, all wow. the airlines. Okay. And he's like, yeah, let's just go for it. And we flew into Atlanta. And by the time we got there, we were 100% going to miss our flight into into Valdosta. Mm -hmm. So I'm working with the airlines, the flight attendants. And and lo and behold, I said, you know, do you happen to, you know, know my friend? Yeah. And these women just lit up like, oh, yeah, we we love him. And they said, let me see if we can get you the Porsche. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I had no idea what they were talking about. But plane lands, they get us off. We drop down the back steps on a Porsche, 100 miles an hour across the tarmac, up the next flight, and yeah, they, they held the flight for us. Wow. Um, so you might want to go with the Kevin Bacon thing. In, yes. those, in those moments, you know, just play along. Yeah. I didn't know they had Porsches on airports. Yeah, that makes two of us. Yeah. So we answered our first question. How do we know each other? We know each other through Sandals Church. And, you know, from time to time, Sandals is a Southern California-based church. And so we have people from Hollywood from time to time that come in and, and come out. And so um, 
why don't you just share with people kind of what you do for work and what your role is? And I know it's changed through the years as you've shifted from directing to producing, but kind of explain, because I didn't know the difference. So. Yeah. So, you know, I'm a film producer. Okay. That simple. I own a production company called Reserve Entertainment. And a producer goes and finds a story. It can be a news article, a book, okay. um, or somebody sends a script that I say, oh, my goodness, I have to make that movie. So we find it, and then we develop it. We get a director. We find talent. We raise money. We bring it out to the mm. theaters or Netflix. or. Uh, but the producer is really the guy that's running the show. Mm. Uh, the director gets most of the accolades. And, of course, the actors are, you know. They're, they're what everybody cares about. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's incredible. Um, talk to me just a little bit about just about the struggle with the strike, the writer strike. Um, that's affected you. I know for me, I don't often think about praying for Hollywood and their finances. Yeah. And so I think a lot of us just think the cash just flows no matter what. But things have changed with the Internet, uh, with you know the way movie going has changed. But how has this strike specifically impacted you this year? Well, as a film producer, you get paid when you're actually making a movie. Okay. That's where the cash flow. You get a producer fee. You put the deal together. And, and when it, when you're a green light, you get paid. And that's uh, so for the past six or seven months, the industry has been shut down. So the movies that I would have made this year, we did not make in 23. So it's just yeah. you, you make a plan and God directs a yeah. path. Uh, so it's yeah been, been a tough thing on me and everybody else, all my friends, et cetera, in, in the industry. Yeah. And I mean, you're a friend. And so here's the reality. I want everyone to understand this. I would just want you to think about our listeners, you not being paid for a year. Yeah. And so like we all live at different uh, socioeconomic levels, but just all of us just not not making money for a year. That's challenging. You got you got two boys, you know, you got bills. I know you just bought a house here in Southern California, which means you're broke forever. 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 And, um, you know, that's just kind of the way that it goes. But God has used you. um so incredibly to make movies. Actually, the week before I met you, I don't know if you remember this story. I was sitting down at one of our pastor's houses. Tammy was out of town. And so I hung out with the Melendrez family. They got younger kids. We sat down, a uh, bowl of popcorn, and they put on a movie, Blue Miracle. And this is the, the week before I'm going to meet you. And so you produced that movie. Did you direct that as well? I produced it. Okay, so you produced that movie. That movie was awesome. Like, I loved that movie. I enjoyed that movie. It was fantastic. Um, talk talk to me about the impact of that movie. Yeah, it's been one of my favorite movies to make. First of all, we did it in the Dominican Republic. Okay, uh, so four not months, Cabo. No, <laughs> four months uh, living, uh, okay. you know, at a nice resort in mm. you know in the Dominican. So it was a it was a stellar experience. But okay. you know, the, the movie itself, I found the article, partnered with. Um, with another producer and we, we went and made the film and we had no idea, you know, we, we knew the movie, the story spoke to us mm -hmm. about a, about a group of orphan boys who win a sport fishing tournament to save the orphanage. Yeah. So it's just a, it's a layup of a, of an idea. Mm -hmm. uh, but what's happened is I've been down to the orphanage since then. And this movie has saved the orphanage over and over. That's incredible. Uh, People have donated from all over the world. Uh, over six hundred thousand dollars have been mm -hmm. donated to the orphanage. You're talking about a small orphanage in Mexico. Six hundred thousand dollars, ton of money. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I love that movie, and you know, you and I have got to talk about how you weaved God in and out of that story, and that's a delicate process. 
because, you know, you and I, we have our faith that we proclaim and share in the church, but you have to be so delicate. You know, I think of, whenever I think of what you do, I think of what Jesus said to his believers, when you must be as wise as a serpent and as innocent Mm. as a dove. And most believers don't think about this, but a snake is most vulnerable when it strikes. So it better it better get that right, otherwise it's in real trouble. And so how have you had to kind of thread that needle of, okay, I want to make a positive uh, movie that also causes spiritual reflection. And I saw you weave that so perfectly uh, through Blue Miracle, man. There were just so many moments where, where God spoke to me powerfully through that film. So how do you do that? You know, I pray for divine wisdom on every, <laughs> on every story, truly. And, you know, I'm typically uh, on those kind of movies, probably the, you know, the only believer that's sort yeah. of pushing that through. And I, I learned from my mentor, Howard Kazangian, who produced Return of the Jedi, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. And I had interviewed him, 300 industry professionals and we, no cameras, no yeah. audio and all that stuff. And I said, how much of the the God impact did you have on, you know, on Raiders of the Lost Ark? He said, all of it. Wow. So, uh, and I'm just thinking to myself, as a producer, I have that ability to influence every story. Mm-hmm. Not all of them work perfectly. Yeah. yeah I, I've missed many times, but, you know, when, when you get it right and like a blue miracle, it works and it has a kingdom impact. Mm. You know, we think about it. Netflix has 200 million subscribers. Yes. 600 million people watching, you know, you have a huge opportunity to, to impact the world. Yeah. So this, this, oh, I didn't clear this question beforehand. So are you ready no, for no. it? Oh yeah. You can fire anything. Um, I think most Christians, when we think Hollywood, we don't think Christian, but you know, I know you specifically Glenn, who is an yeah. Academy award winning, um, is he producer or director? He, he's a, he's an animator, yeah. uh, you know, yeah, so for the most part, but director, animator. But yeah. you know a lot of Christians in the industry, That's right. and you're connected with them. And so, how can we as Christians, instead of just criticizing what Hollywood does, how can we pray for what you guys are doing? Yeah, you know, I think I think the key, you know, for everything we're doing is that we're we're bold in bringing these stories out. Mm-hmm. And, and I've seen, you know, I worked with Chris Pratt. Yeah, I've seen when I do things, um, you know, projects that other Christians might resonate with, yeah. that it will attract them. Mm-hmm. And and I have to be bold and go try to get Chris to sign on. And so I think that's a boldness to be able to go after those people that typically aren't sort of front and center, but you know they have a faith. Mm-hmm. And so I, I love doing that. Yeah, and we're seeing Christian movies and television series do so well like i think about jesus revolution last year and you're friends with the director and you know so many people that were a part of that it did really well it did and and so many of the movies in hollywood i i don't know if you would agree with this most of the movies in hollywood are not doing well when they come out and so to see a christian film lead like that um and and i don't mean christian as in the film is saved but but the message yeah you know um the, the message and the point of the film is just really about what God during the, did during the 60s, specifically in California, through the lives of Chuck Smith, Greg Glory, and uh, many others, including myself, who gave 
their life to Christ because of the ministry sure. of great glory. And so out of that moving. So, I mean, what would you do just to encourage people that Christians can make great, great films that do really well, that draw a wider audience uh, to this issue? And even actors like Kelsey Grammer, uh, you know, maybe somebody that wouldn't um, normally do a film. Now they're more apt to do this because they see the success. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it is definitely, you know, I'm not the first, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the middle of this. There are people that come way before me, yeah. like Howard Kazanjian that are influencing projects. Uh, but hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll help with this tidal wave of bringing more great content to the world. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm encouraging all my friends, the Irwins who, who did Jesus revolution, mm-hmm. Dallas Jenkins, you know, with chosen, you know, they're, they're all friends and we're all uh, hopefully cheering each other on. Mm-hmm. I, we're not competitors. We're, we're, yeah. we're truly. No, and I love that about you. You're a kingdom guy. You're about Christ. You're about his church. I, I love that about you. And I think that's something that's so uh, unique about you is you want to see everyone do well. You're rooting for everyone. Um, you're a competitive guy in sports, but you're a guy that celebrates in the kingdom. And so uh, I, I love that about you. And I think a lot of us guys and some gals, we, you know, competition is good in places where it's good. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's like what I, what I heard someone say about Michael Jordan once. I know you're a basketball fan. What made him great at basketball made him terrible at life. Yeah. And so we have to we have to make sure that there are some things that are okay on the court that are not okay in other areas. And you've managed to do that because you're just such a competitive guy. But um, when it comes to other artists, other directors, other producers, you want to see them win. Yeah. Like and you celebrate that. You you say that like that's normal. A lot of Christians aren't that way. Well, I feel like if my friends win, it helps me. Yeah. And and I know that I'm gonna work with all of them at some point. And, and have worked with a lot of them. Mm. And so we, we all need to be be cheering each other on to, to great things. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, let me ask you this question. How have you heard God's voice around any of the film projects that you're doing? Like you you, you feel God speaking to you about that. What does that like? Because you're creative. Yeah. So uh, one, one of my most bizarre moments was in 2017. It was, okay. it was October. And I woke up with this just overwhelming feeling that I'm supposed to tell Nick Vujicic's story. Do okay. you know who Nick yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. He was born with no arms and no legs. Fantastic uh, speaker. Incredible story. Uh, yeah, incredible story. And I'd never met him. Okay. I hadn't been watching his videos, but I just had this overwhelming feeling. I show up, my wife and I show up at a, a premiere. It wasn't our premiere. We just got invited for another movie. And... Uh, a woman we got introduced to says, Hey, I'm Michelle Vujicic. And I'm like, as in Nick. And she's like, yep, he's my brother. And I said, um, I woke up with this overwhelming feeling. I'm supposed to tell his story. And she just went with it. And so we had dinner with Nick and his wife a couple nights later, and we're finishing his documentary right now and preparing to do a scripted feature. Uh, and, Nick watched the documentary and he is blown away um, by it. I think it's kind of a huge impact. But, you know, for me, I had to wake up with this thought of, and then go, what am I going to do with this? Mm-hmm. And I had to, in that moment, be bold when I met his sister. And then when I met him and say, don't understand it, but I woke up with this feeling and I, mm-hmm. I have to just communicate that. And God's just worked it all out. Um, 
doesn't always work that way, but this one's been really cool to watch. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's jump into our questions. This one comes from Janet from Ukaipa. This is a great question. Um, and Janet, you're going to, I think, love his answer because um, I know that he has, I don't, wouldn't call it a horror movie, but you've got something that you've been thinking about, Christian slash, I don't know what you would call it, movie. But should Christians watch horror movies? What are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, <clears throat> I'm not a fan of horror movies. Okay. Um, so I, that's, I'll start I'll start with that. Yeah. Uh, and I've always just thought through the fact that Scripture says, God doesn't give a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. but of power and of love and a sound mind. And I feel like the horror movies bring that spirit of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on our kids, on ourselves, um, it's just not, I, I don't want to lose any sleep by watching yeah. a horror movie. Don't, don't allow the kids to watch it. I do think there's a place for the supernatural. And I think there's a, uh, you know, I'm trying to thread a needle on a project right now with, a, with as the director puts it, a scare, not scar mm. uh, mentality. Okay. And so we'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So I am exploring because the supernatural is real. And, you know, I think as Christians, we need to handle, handle it in the right way. Yeah. I, I didn't tell you this, but I think specifically um, about an actor who you rented a house for. Oh, I, I, yeah, I didn't tell you this. So I, I I don't know if we can say his name, but but you rented a house for him and he lost his mind because that house was haunted. And so yeah. you experienced that. Yeah. Uh, that story uh, was great. So I don't know what you can share or not. I, but. I, I can't share his name. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I I wish I could share his name. Yeah. I, I could text him right now and ask, but yeah. I, I probably shouldn't. Sk- yeah, sure. yeah, but um, but yeah, we had just got to. Uh, I won't even tell you the town because people will be able to figure it out. But yeah. we just got to a small town in the south, mm. and and he wanted a, a nice house. His family was going to fly down, and so we rented this house, you know, and you big house, yeah, you know, for you know a name actor, and he's there one night. Calls me and says uh, in the middle of the night, right? Calls me and yeah. says, uh, "You need to come over here and." move me somewhere else because the house is haunted yeah. and I'm just like, Oh boy. You know, I, yeah. I don't know this actor at this point. It's the first time I had worked with him yeah. and, and I show up to, to, to pick him up, pack his gear and figure out where I'm going to move him to. And he wasn't lying. Yeah. No, that, no, that, there that, were that, real things that were happening. There, there yeah. were real things happening in that house. Uh, the, the, this film has had a huge kingdom impact, but clearly the enemy was after him in that mm-hmm. moment. So, uh, well, yeah, it, yeah, it's real. Yeah, so Janet, here's how I would answer this question. I think as Christians, oftentimes we think in black and white. So is it a sin to watch a horror movie or not a sin? I want to give you three categories, Janet, and for all of our listeners. So one category is, is this a sin? Another category, is this wise? And then a third category is, what's my take or my perspective? So uh, preference, let's use the word preference. So, so some people prefer horror movies, right? They, they, they just like that. That's not me. Uh, then there's the issue of wisdom. Is it wise? I think based upon your background, based upon your age. I like what you said, scare, not scar. I was scarred by movies when I was a kid because yeah. it was beyond my level of comprehension at that time. Uh, I remember specifically my, my parents um, going to see Alien in yeah. 1978 or 9, and I'm six years old, and I'm crying because they won't let me go. 
I, I am so grateful that my parents disappointed me in that yeah, moment because yes. I probably to this day would be in therapy when that alien came out of the chest yeah. had I seen that. So there's there's the issue of wisdom. Now, I showed my kids the Lord of the Rings movies. It was too soon. It was unwise. I should not have shown them that. Gollum terrified them. I love Tolkien. He's a Christian. Um you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with his storytelling. I think it's fantastic. It was unwise for me as a parent to allow my kids to see that. And in my mind, you know, it, it seems true with Passion of the Christ. Yeah. The Passion of the Christ is age appropriate. You know, I mean, when, when the movie industry puts rated R, right, that's 18 or 16, what is it? Uh, 18. 18 and above, you know, Christians in the name of their faith, you don't need to let your kids see that. Uh, you know, Mel Gibson is a little gruesome in the yeah. way that he portrays yeah. things. And, and that's not to say that the cross was gruesome. So I don't think that it's wise. And then there are sin issues. You know, is this causing you to sin, leading you to sin? Um, you know, and so you need to think in those three categories. And so if I was a person that came out of the occult, which I'm not, I think it would probably be a sin for me to partake in that. Um, I think if somebody asked me my perspective, um, you know, I'm trying to think about the What's the exorcism movie that just came out this year with the gladiator actor? Um, the Pope's Exorcist. The Pope's Exorcist. If somebody asks me for perspective, hey, Pastor Matt, what do you think about this? I, I might watch that. But there are some people where I would say you should never watch that. And you know, the Apostle Paul talks about conviction. You know, if you're convicted about something, you shouldn't do it. And then there are just situations where it's unwise. Could your time be used better? But some people just like to be scared. And so I, I would just say that. Um, but like you said, the demonic world is real. Um, these things are real. And be careful what you watch. Be careful what you let into your eyes because this can mess with you. And again, like you said, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And oftentimes what those movies do is they give us an unhealthy fear of Satan and it takes away from the healthy fear that God wants us to reserve for him. And so it's hard in the English language for us to think of healthy fear and unhealthy fear. So like if you're if you're standing on a precipice and it's like a half dome and it's 3000 feet down you can have a healthy fear of the distance to the bottom yeah so so there 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 are places where that cuz cuz if you don't have fear I'm questioning your sanity and there's some people where they're just like yeah okay there's something wrong with you so we need to have a healthy fear and respect and awe of God but there's an unhealthy fear of the devil because what is the devil afraid of God and so I think Hollywood oftentimes makes us afraid of the devil. And what I always ask people is, well, what's he afraid of? And the answer is the Lord. Yeah. So great question, Janet. And I'll be praying for you. And just like everybody, especially parents out there, don't be afraid to make the decision you feel convicted about. So many parents are like, well, everyone else is letting their kid watch it. And I was like, well, you're not everyone else's parent. So make the best decision for your kid. And you know your children. There are some kids that just that stuff runs rampant in their mind. And I had three kids, and they all three handled, processed, and felt about scary things very differently. And so maybe one kid could watch it, and, and maybe it's not wise, but it's not a sin. But as a parent, it would be a sin for me to let one of my other children. And I think as parents, like, the fairness thing, well, we got to be fair. No, you don't love your kids equally. You love them uniquely. You love them uniquely because you, they're an individual. So that's a great, great um question janet all right rj from bullhead city arizona i've been to bullhead of you no oh my never gosh. heard of great city so in hollywood you hear stories of people selling their souls to satan i have never heard of this okay <laughs> is this a physical contract you sign 
I don't know how you're going to answer this with a demon or selling your soul more of just living an ungodly lifestyle and choosing that life over Jesus. Uh, I, I don't know. So he's asking me that question. RJ, I have no idea. Have you ever heard of anything like this? I haven't heard of anyone physically signing anything, but, but I think clearly we see, we see the downfall of, of actors. Yeah. Uh, we see the rise and the fall. Yeah. And part of that is when they start to probably compromise on who they are. Cause a lot of actors come to Hollywood and they may be from Texas and grew up in faith. And then yeah. they, they, they slowly sort of compromise on everything, which mm. is in a, in a sense selling yeah. their soul for fame. Yeah. And you know, and I, I had to face that when I was younger, I got offered a very big job, big producer, big director, uh, to come and run his production company and producing horror movies. Mm. Um, I would have made more money than I've ever made doing that. And, and I had to, to say no to that. And it was, you know, we had a one-year-old at the time and it was, it was a big decision because, mm. you know, it, it's expensive to live here in California, as you noted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and specifically Darren conviction costs. I, I think so many Christians want conviction and not the cost. And there's, there's always a price for convictions. And so you, I've watched it. You have said no to projects that you don't agree with. And, um, you know, I know a, a big sticking point for you is profanity in movies. You do not like profanity uh, in movies. You, 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 um, you talk about it a lot. And I think that, you know, I, I, sometimes I think Hollywood just uses the F word as a filler word because they lack thought process. And it's what I tell my kids. Uh, profanity... Um, just makes you sound dumb, I think. And oftentimes it dumbs down the script, you know, like a Quentin Tarantino film. It's just like, I mean, how many, how many F words are in this? And at some point it just, it becomes just silly and stupid, but you work really, really hard to make sure that the language, and, and, and that's not to say that there isn't intensity. So you do a really good job of creating intensity without using profanity. How do you do that? Cause I know when you see the scripts, it's in there. Yeah. 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 They're, they're all in there. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll do actually, if somebody sends me just a script and submits it, I'll do a quick search. Um, and I'll see often, you know, I'll just type in the word and sure yeah. enough, there's 25 F words in there. Yeah. And it, and it, it keeps me from reading a script. Yeah. Wow. Cause uh, it just pops up 25 and I'm like, Hey, it's a pass. Um, and so those stories that I love, you know, that, you know, in, directors, writers, they, they may talk that way in life. Mm -hmm. And so I really focus on who the audience is going to be. Right. And, and really who I believe my audience is with all the films that reserve entertainment is doing. And I just say, Hey, that's going to turn off my audience mm -hmm. that, that I've been trying to grow and build. And, and so if we're going to do this, we got to do it this way. Mm. So it, it's really coming at it from a smart way, as opposed to trying to be critical of how they talk or how yeah. they think or how they write. Yeah, and I think that you've held the line on that really well. Um, one of the things, though, that you've seen is there's been favor now in Hollywood for more of the films that you've, you, you're making. They've come out to you and said, okay, we want more of this. I mean, that's exciting. Yeah, it, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's the first time in 25 years that, that now people are asking, hey, what, what do you have? We, we do want more. That doesn't mean they're going to just write checks but right. but at least they're intrigued and in, in exploring what else so uh yeah it's fun yeah fun, fun 
fun time. Yeah, one of the things, um, and we can edit this out if you don't want yeah, this, no, is, well, is just the financial risk of a film. That's I think that's one of the things that I was completely clueless to when you get investors and you go into a film, you know, um, sometimes on TikTok, I'll watch like the worst grossing films of all time. And you see these numbers lost 225 million. Was that, lost. My, was that my film? No. Okay. It might've been one of mine. Yeah. But, but I, you know, I, I look at that and giggle and then I met you and I went, Oh, there's real people behind this. There's real investors behind this that lost everything. Speak to us just about, the financial risk of producing a film, because you don't know if people are, you know, you and I've talked, you know, about my, my book that's coming out. I have no idea. And just because something is good doesn't mean it will be read or seen. Correct. So talk to us about that. Yeah. You know, every movie is, it's sort of, it's a startup company. It's yeah. really what it is. And so you're, you're asking investors to, to invest in the startup and which is risky. Right. Some may go and some may not. And, and so ultimately, I, I just have to stand behind, hey, is this a story that I believe I'm supposed to tell? And do I believe there's an audience for it? And can I put the right cast around it? And, and ultimately, I can't make people show up at the theater or I can't make yeah. Amazon buy my movie for the right price. So there, there is a big risk. Uh, fortunately, I've had you know, some great investors over the year that are, that are willing to do that risk with me. Uh, sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't. Um, and so, yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, and you know, and you know, as a film producer, I have a, I have a lot, I have a director, I have actors, you know, I have a lot of other people to blame as a book author. It's just you. Yeah. It's all my fault. That's what he's saying. You can only blame you. So at least I can go, oh, it was, it was the director's fault. Yeah. Every day, every day a miracle (laughs) except this book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I can't wait to get the book to you to see what you think. Okay. Uh, Mark from Moreno Valley. I went and saw the movie Oppenheimer the second day it opened, not knowing the sex scenes. I didn't know there were sex scenes in that movie. I I haven't seen it. Uh, A recent article from Denison Forum. It was stated that this movie, because of these scenes, caused millions of Americans to commit adultery based on Matthew 528. Uh, I remember thinking when these scenes were shown, why did they have to put this in the movie? Did you see Oppenheimer? I did not. Okay. So do you, I don't know anything about the sex scene in the movie. I mean, I can imagine. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, You know, the question is, is why do directors have to put these in movies? Mm -hmm. Really? That's really the question. You know, and I think I've been there. I've faced this, you know, and I will tell you that distributors, money people, salespeople, all think if we have a sex scene, it will sell more tickets. Okay, uh, it'll sell better internationally. So, so there is a financial motivation behind it that mm. doesn't always work, but yeah. that's what they—that's how they think. Uh, and so, obviously, not going to be any any mm. sex scenes in in the reserve entertainment films. But uh, it's just, yeah, I, I don't think they're thinking about it through the lens of scripture. Well, I know they're not. Yeah. So. yeah. so Mark, let me answer this question again this way. Remember I said sin, wisdom, perspective. So um, as a young man, I viewed pornography uh, as a man. I appreciate the female form. Uh, and so for me, I don't watch sex scenes because um, A, I think it's sin for me. Uh, and B, I think it's unwise for me. But my wife can watch those things, and it's not either of those for her. So, you know, and we've that's been a conflict in our marriage because we like to watch the same TV shows. And so we have to pick something that um, 
that we both enjoy. And so one of the things that I, there's a great book by Sheldon Von Ochten, and it's called A Severe Mercy, and a fantastic book. Um, Sheldon's a little self-centered in the book, but it's it's a great, great book. That's the criticism I've heard from people when I recommend it. He's just kind of a narcissist, but ultimately comes to Christ through the faith of his wife. But what they decided in their marriage, if there's something that you enjoy because we're one, I'm going to try and define something to joy in it. And what I see with couples, I hear this all the time, we grew apart. Well, that's a choice. Yeah. And so what Tammy and I try to do is we try to find things that we both enjoy, something fun, something entertaining, something that we do because marriage becomes ultimately about the work of raising the children. That's not always fun. That's not always enjoyable. Uh, and kids don't always appreciate it. I don't know about your boys. Did they wake up this morning? Father, we doth praise thee for thy sacrifice. And like, no, they didn't do that. They did yeah, not neither, do ne- that. Neither do my yeah. kids. Um, so what we have to do is we have to find ways. And, and one of the things that I tell Tammy all the time, instead of criticizing, you know, you're no fun. So that's how you criticize. What, what I say is one of the things I loved about you in college was how much fun we had together. So let's work on that. Let's yeah. work on having fun together. I love that. And um, so she started working out with me at the gym. Mm. Now, she doesn't always have a positive attitude. And last week <laughs> I had to say, I said, hey, can I give you some feedback? I know. That, that, that always goes over well in my house. I just said, the gym is a happy place for me. Can you work on being a little happier while we're there? <laughs> That's what I said. <laughs> and because um, I coach her, which is a very delicate process. Uh, and I've learned. You know, um, I like to be coached differently than she likes to be coached. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but, but you know what? She came back to me and she said, she said, okay, yeah, I can work on that. And it's, it's working out is hard. Yeah. I enjoy it. She thinks she needs to do it. So yeah. she's not there because she wants to be, she's there because she feels like she needs to be, but it's something that we connect together. And I, and I love it that it's not a part of my life that's separate from her. It's a part of our lives that that's together. And it's something that we do and enjoy together. So, so what I would say is. Um, what I do whenever I watch, um, like right now I'm watching a series called Vikings from Valhalla. I, my, my heritage is Viking and Irish and English. So, you know, all of those horrific rape scenes, that's where my DNA comes from, you know, just these things. What I do on that is I fast forward it. I used to use, uh, gosh, I wish Madison was here. I used to use this app that Vi- edited for Vi- you. VidAngel. VidAngel. So I, I would use VidAngel and it edited it out. Yeah. And uh, that I got in trouble one time. So I was on an airline to Europe. So when you fly in European airlines, the yeah. movies are not edited. So I pressed play on a movie and I that I had seen on VidAngel. Mm. And I went to the restroom and I came back and a mother was covering her daughter's eyes. And I was like, oh my gosh, what? And I looked at the screen and I was like, what is this? I didn't know because we watched it on VidAngel. Yeah. And so VidAngel is an app we pay, I think it's like 10 bucks a month or something. And Correct. they edit. And you can edit out everything that you want. But I did not know that scene was in there because it just took it out. And I apologized to the mom. I'm like, I'm so sorry, you know, and turned it off. But um, so I, I, I edit it. I fast forward. I really like, um, what's it called? The Last Kingdom. I, I'm fascinated with what I call uh, history that's fiction. Yeah. So I love to learn history. So, you know, why do we speak the English language? Uh, just that whole story, The Last Kingdom. I love that whole narrative. It was actually produced by the BBC yeah. at first, and then I think uh, Netflix bought it. But I love uh, the character in that movie. Uh, you know, uh, Uhtred is his name, and and the whole tension of Christianity and Christians trying to deal with Vikings. And um, so I love that. But I just I don't allow myself to watch that. And so for me. Um, Mark, it's zero nudity. 
And that's just something that, that I've done. And I just, I just don't do it. And I, I, I've told my son that I think that, um, it produces a lot of negative effects, not only sin, but you know, a lot of men cannot engage in sex with their wives because of pornography, because it has so wrecked your sensing system, how your brain releases dopamine that you are no longer to engage in sexual intimacy with your wife. And I've, I have counseled through that so many times and seen so much heartbreak. I just have a zero tolerance. Uh, but there is art. So like we walk through the Sistine Chapel and many of the famous um, sculptures were nudity and I, that was fine. Didn't bother me at all. Um, I found it beautiful, amazing. Some of it was weird. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But some of it was just absolutely gorgeous. And so I think there is a way to capture nudity that's not sin. But when you walk through those art museums with your young boys yeah that, I know. You, they're just snickering yeah so it's uh, it was rough yeah so, so it's funny i told my wife you have to have your shoulders covered as we yeah. walk through this yeah. but all of the statues are undressed yeah it was just bizarre to me so you have any thoughts on for mark just i didn't see the oppenheimer movie mark i didn't know it was coming um yeah you know I, I'm, I'm the same way no no nudity uh I, for the most part no r-rated movies uh at our house mm-hmm Every once in a while, I, I have to watch one for work where I'm looking at a director's work. Uh, but I, I got to do that, you know, without the kids being around and, you yeah. know, and, and with the remote in hand knowing. Yeah. What. And that's similar to what a police officer or a firefighter has to see. I mean, they have to see things that are sinful because that's a part of their job. And so we have to make sure that we, we understand that. Um, there are things that I've seen at church that I wish I wouldn't see, but it's part of my role as a pastor. And so, but when we're talking about my entertainment, yeah, what I watch for fun <clears throat> and what, what I ask is, you know, is this, um, is this drawing me closer to God or not? Years ago, we went to a, see a movie called get him to the Greek. I didn't know anything about it. I mm-hmm. thought it was funny. Actually, I really like the guy now he's turned into, um, oh, I forget his name, Russell Brand, Russell Brand and Jonah Hill. And so he's completely gone 180 where he's like, no porn, no drugs. I mean, he's gone straight edge because he's realized that's destroyed his life. I had no idea what the movie's about. Tammy and I got our popcorn. We got our sodas. We're sitting in the front row. And I'm like, it is the most, it's the grossest movie I've seen as an adult. And Tammy and I are just sitting down and I'm like, it, it, I, I, God is going to hold me accountable for these two hours. And, you know, we walked out, we got our money back. And it was interesting the gal at the front said, yeah, a lot of people wanted their money back. So I thought that was interesting. It was, I had no, idea. I thought, I thought I was going to watch a fun, funny rom-com and it was just raunch-com. That's what it was. It was so, so bad. Yeah. And, I'm, um, I'm, I'm with you. And I, I talked to so many Christian, Christian parents, mm-hmm. uh, and obviously kids just say, oh, it's just entertainment. Yeah. Uh, and they do the same with music, right? It's yeah. just, it's just music. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not just music. And no, it's no. not just entertainment. It, yeah. You know, having worked in Hollywood for 25 plus years, there is an agenda. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, it, Satan's behind that agenda. Yeah. And, and I think that people need to understand that, that there, um, I have a, a friend of mine, I'm going to use that word, a friend loosely in Hollywood. And I asked him, I said, why don't you go into politics? Here's what he said. I can push my agenda eat more easily in Hollywood than I can hmm. from politics. Wow. And so, he is a politician pushing his narrative, which is the opposite of mine. We disagree just about on everything. Um, and actually it's so funny. Um, 
conservatives are frustrated with my uh, she, her series because I use pronouns. You know, I was like, pronouns are in the Bible. Um, you know, but he has not spoken to me since that series because of the way that I communicated my conservative beliefs on male and female identity. So it's just so interesting the world that we live in. You know, my conservative friends are worried that I went woke and my liberal friends are like, oh my gosh, you're a right wing nut. So it's, it's just a bizarre, bizarre time. All right. Well, Mark, sorry. I, I just see here it says that you sent us the attached article and I did not read the article. So I apologize for that. That is not the debrief team's fault. That's my fault. I did not read your article. So, uh, so. you know what? I did read the article. Oh, okay. So yeah. comment. Oh, uh, yeah. The comment was, is about that scripture. Um, your, Whoever looks your, at a woman with lust has committed adultery. Yeah. Sorry. yeah. And it, it's basically saying that movie, if you went to see it, you could not watch that sex scene without looking at that woman mm. uh, and not lusting the mm. way they shot it. And so, therefore, that movie has caused, you know, all those people to lust. So, yeah. so that was the context. Of yeah. It. So, so I would say, again, I don't know that I would agree <laughs> with that perspective because the word lust that Jesus means there is not attraction. It's not. Um, so Paul says, run from anything that stimulates lust. And so what I would say is a better thing is you violated what Paul is teaching there, that you were allowing yourself to be stimulated to lust. And that could have happened whether lust occurred or not. So, so saying that everyone lusted, I would say, mm, I don't know about that. But what I would say is, according to what Paul said, you were opening the door to be stimulated to that. So I think that's, that's a better theological argument for that verse. Um, because the idea of what lust is talking about in Jesus, it's it's not just the act of looking, it's the act of pursuing with intent to commit adultery. And so I'm thinking about this, and now I'm moving in such a way to make that happen. And so that's really what Jesus is talking ab about there. It's not the stimulation, and that's why I, I feel like so many guys get stimulated and they feel like, oh, I'm so terrible, I'm so awful. It's like, no, lust is the intention is the intentional pursuing of the sin, of the sex that you know is sin. And so that's really what it means. So I don't know that I would agree specifically with that, but I would agree that that stimulates that and it could, could lead to that for many people. And so therefore I would say, you know, but to say that everyone lusted towards her, I, I can't jump into the minds of every single person. I just would say for me again, so is it sin? I would say it's unwise. I would say this is an unwise use of your eyeballs if you're a man. And there are some men who, you know, maybe they would say that didn't bother me. But, um, you know, so that's just me. So, Mark, great, fantastic question. And I probably won't watch that movie. No, nope, so. not going to watch it. All right. Kimberly from, I have no idea how to say this, Phelan. Does anybody know the name of this town? It is P-H-E-L-A-N. Phelan. Sounds right to me. Let's go with it. Pahelan. <laughs> Phelan, California. I've never heard of Phelan, California. Uh, I've been having a difficult time answering this question. Is it sinful to support nudity or to see nudity? Well, this is kind of the same thing. It has been so normalized in today's society that it personally bothers me. But some of the, my Christian friends see it as normal. I understand that it doesn't say that nudity is a sin in the Bible. However, I also think that the action leading up to the nudity or the purpose behind it can make it sinful. An example would be viewing a scene, this is a very similar question, uh, where a woman is topless, uh, taking a shower, or topless in a bar, or nude in a random scene. I believe that nudity is a sin um, if it does not have a godly purpose behind it, which is hardly ever seen in the movies or TV shows. Like when God told Isaiah to preach in his nakedness to the people. Wow, this person knows their Bible. Uh, is it okay because God commanded him to? So actually, 
it's interesting, you know, it doesn't say in the Bible that nudity is a sin. What it teaches is that nudity is shameful. So it's interesting that God told Isaiah to be nude to amplify the shame of what he was preaching. Mm -hmm. So, so God is actually challenging Isaiah to engage in personal shame so that the people will understand how shameful their behavior is and who they are. Um, and so that is nudity for an effect to let the people of Israel see, oh my gosh, this is terrible what's happening. And so, you know, God does use what we would con consider in the Bible. Um, I don't want to say curse words because, you know, we can't go back and ask ancient Hebrews, hey, what's a cuss word? We can't go back and ask Jesus. But when Jesus says, if you say to your brother, Raka, okay, we don't know what that word means. Sometimes it's translated idiot, moron, fool. We don't know the actual context. What we know is it's probably a slang word that is used to demean. So could it have been a curse word? You know, I don't know. I don't want to sit here and say Jesus cursed. But he didn't say, in the scriptures, he didn't say the F word. He said the word. And so there are times, um, you know, it's important. It's like the conversation with your kids about bad words. You got There are a lot of F words. Fantastic. Yeah. Future, you know, fabulous. You, you got to tell them, hey, don't say this word. So there are there are moments where we can be explicit for the purpose of saying, hey, this is what I don't want you to do. And like if your kids are saying, what does this word mean? You don't just say, we don't say this word in our house. You say, here's what it means, and here's why we don't say this word, because it's demeaning. And so um, I, I think we've kind of answered this question. Do you do you have anything else you want to comment on this for Kimberly? Because No, I, th I think we've answered it. You know, I think for, for the most part, you know, Hollywood uses nudity in the wrong way. Every once in a while, a World War II movie showing emaciated bodies, right. um, you know, going into gas chambers, et cetera. I think there are some some appropriate ways to to really help tell that story of what these people went through. Yeah. But for the most part, it, yeah, it's not it's not needed in movies. Yeah. 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 Um, man, I, I just would encourage you guys um you know, um, your nakedness is, is something that is to be reserved for the person that you're one with. And that's who's supposed to see that. And um, I've had to see naked bodies uh, in Vietnam. You know, when we do um, medical mission trips, they don't have gowns. Mm. Nobody wears gowns. Wow. So when you come into the clinic and you're going to, uh, we're going to check you out for a growth, a tumor, cancer, whatever. I mean, there would be 25 naked women in this room while I'm filling out paperwork to help them. So that, that was an instance. Um, you know, when I tell this story about the little boy that I saw raised from the dead, one of my favorite stories yeah, of yours ever. And people are like, why is he naked? Cause we're in Vietnam and they do, when they do surgeries on you, you're completely naked. It is a, it's a bizarre thing because as, uh, um, loose as we are with nudity in America, we still have this understanding that when you go into the hospital, they want to be very careful to only see the area um, that they're looking at. I had yeah. the funniest encounter. So I went in for my physical. I'm 50 years old, and I got to go in for my physical. And I'm not going to say what that means, but most men know what that means. It's not a ple it's not a pleasant uh, time. And so they're like, the doctor, they say, okay, the doctor may or may want you to put the gown on, which you guys all know is a joke. I mean, the gown is yeah. like, cover yourself with this tissue. Yeah. Um, but the doctor was him and hawing, and she was being kind of weird and, Eventually, she just said, I, I know who you are. You're, you're my pastor. And she's like, we're not going to do those tests. We'll just do blood. 
So in that, she didn't want to, she, she wanted to honor me. Mm. And, she, and you would say, well, she's a doctor, so it's okay, but she's going to see me on stage. She doesn't want to see me nude. And it was just hilarious. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, she's fantastic. I'll probably be choosing somebody else. So it was just, it was just hilarious to watch a doctor get all weird. But, yeah. 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 Um, one, one of my, uh, one of my favorite stories with, with in the context of this mm. is I, before I moved to Hollywood, I was a baseball coach. Okay. I was a football coach. I was a basketball coach um, at an all boys prep school. Uh, it was first day of baseball season. We were pitching. They did not have, they did not have uh, everything set up. Yeah. And so normally you're pitching behind a screen. So I got uh, a kid hit, hit one back at me and I got hit, you know, yeah. in the, in the balls, you know, you might have to edit that. That's but fine. uh Testicles and, for the layman. Yeah. Oh, testicles. Yes. Um, so immediately I say, all right, I'm headed to the hospital. I knew it was one of those things. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, and you you sign in. Hey, is there any way to get, uh, you know, yeah, male a doctor. male doctor? Yeah. They, they proceeded to send like eight people through. But you guys got to go check that yeah. out. <laughs> like how could a ball swell up that big? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, those, those, those are embarrassing moments. Yeah. Well, and all medical practices. Yeah. All right. Uh, anonymous from Loma Linda. Um, and I'm glad this is anonymous. I don't know if you want to handle this one or not. Is pedophilia as prevalent as typically conservative media is making it seem in Hollywood? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't listen to any news, so I don't know exactly what conservative media is, yeah. is saying. I, I tend to stay away from all news. So, I don't know how to answer that. I certainly I've heard stories, but it's never been around anything that I've seen. Yeah, I haven't seen. So uh, yeah, I, I'm sure there's a dark underbelly of Hollywood yeah, that, I, that I'm I would, unaware of. Yeah, and what I would say is, no matter how personally you know a person, you don't know their private life. Yeah, you just don't know. Um, and this is why you know pedophilia happens in families because you think you know the person. But you don't know them privately. You don't know what they're privately struggling with. You don't know what they're privately dealing with. And that's why this stuff often happens with people that we know and trust because you don't know what's on the inside, um, which is why, you know, the Bible speaks so specifically that the problem is the inside. Nothing is more wicked than the heart, like what's going on on the inside. And that's what Jesus Christ wants to change, wants to turn, you know, wants to make a difference. Let's jump, let's close with some lighter questions, man. These are yeah, a little, little yeah, intense. Yeah, what yeah. would you say for some of our listeners that maybe want to be an actor in Hollywood? And I think most Christians are discouraged from that. Oh, why would you want to do that? Or would want to make movies in Hollywood or make film in Hollywood? What, what, what would you say to, you know, people who feel like you, maybe that's my calling. What would you say to them? Ask God for another calling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think if it's, if it's your calling, uh, you just better buckle up and you better get some great friends around you. Uh, cause it's a, it's a bumpy ride yeah. and, uh, but it's worth it. When, when you start to see the kingdom impact of your content, uh, globally, it's worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad was a pastor, you know, same church, 42 years, 400 people that he spoke to, mm -hmm. um, you know, and to think that, that my ministry in Hollywood has had a much bigger global impact than, um, you know, with one film or a couple films, you know, we have the ability with a world stage to, to make a huge impact. Mm. All right. Uh, this question's not on here. You ready for this one? Oh yeah. Fire away. Why do you go to church? 
I just went through your series, so I better answer this uh, based off. Uh, no, no, I mean, no, you, I'm, you I'm personally. Joking. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. Joking. I'm joking. Yeah. Uh, I have to be in worship. Mm. So, uh, yeah, one, it's just something that my soul needs every week. Mm. So, it, yeah, although I can turn on worship at home, it's not the same. Yeah. And I have to be free in worship, which, which happens here at Sandals. So, um, you know love i'm just getting to know everybody here at hunter park yeah. uh so you know just making some friends in this part of the world having just moved out here but mm. you know it, it's uh it's a place where usually i find my community mm-hmm. like-minded people because i'm i'm fighting every day and the, the battles in hollywood it's nice to have be around believers yeah you know, that's one of the things i'm just so impressed with you is despite your schedule and you're traveling all the time fundraising producing movies how often I see you in church. And I know right where you sit. I'm not going to tell people, but I can see you sitting there. And it so impresses me, you know, that um, here's this Hollywood producer, Hollywood director, and you're in church. It's something you and your wife are committed to. You want your boys in church. This is what you want for your life. Um, And also, um, you know, it's something that, you know, I don't want to use his name, but, you know, your best friend, he and his wife, despite all of... Um, and you can choose if you use her name or not, but despite all that he has going on, he's in church, they're in church. And so there are people that are in powerful positions in Hollywood and in media that make church a priority. And I, I think that's just so amazing. And one of the things I love about you, I mean, I, you hear me, I'm begging people to make time for church. Yeah. I, I've never had to talk to you about that once. You're in it, you're there, you're connecting and you're um, so supportive, so encouraging you love our church. You're there for our church. And it's just, it's just, it's just so amazing. I wish, I wish that people could understand. And I think what you, what you said is you operate in such darkness that you need as much time as possible in God's light. And I wish that all of our church, our, our debrief listeners, um, and our, um, our, our, our Sandals church goers could have that same perspective. Just yesterday at the gym, I was talking to a guy named Joe and I said, are you a Christian? And he says, yes. And he shows me his necklace. <laughs> and I couldn't read it. I was like, you can read that? The font was too small. Yeah. And it was, uh, I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And I said, do you go to church? And he says, I love Jesus, but I don't go to church. And I thought, I said, well, you know, Jesus loved the church, died for the church, is marrying the church. I said, it's his bride. And there's just such this huge disconnect um, and this guy's a, a, a physical trainer at a gym. I said, you know what church is? I said, it's exercise for your soul. It's a good word. And, and yeah. And then, um, the guy he was training was like, Oh, pastor Matt got you. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I, I tapped somebody on the shoulder at the gym the other day and they went, Jesus. And I went, no, close. <laughs> so, you know, and they, and they used his name as a, yeah, you know, whatever. Of course. But yeah. I, I was just, he had headphones on and I was trying to get beside her. So I tapped her shoulder and scared her. So, but, uh, um, but yeah, I was like, no, close. I love him, but not him. Yeah. But, um, but I just, I, I, I appreciate that about you. I know that it's something that's so important to you and the people that you're close with also make church such a priority. And, um, you know, I, when I see you in the lobby afterwards, you'd just be like, oh man, it was so good today. It was so, and you'll say this, it was so good to be here today. And that's what I love about you. So just know as a church, we're praying for you. We love you. Uh, be praying specifically. Um, tell us the name again of your production company. Reserve Entertainment. Reserve Entertainment. Now, is there a reason for that name? Uh, yeah. So, wh- whenever you start a church, 
yeah. or you start your production company, you, you're like, what's the name? Right. And, you know, you know, it, and it has meaning for me, just like sandals has meaning yeah. for you. Right. And, and so I just praying through, Hey God, what, you know, what is it that you want to name this company? Mm-hmm. And I've always been inspired by the fact that Jesus first miracle was turning water into wine. Mm-hmm. And the guy running the wedding party says, Whoa, where did this reserve wine come mm, from? Amen. And so I, as a filmmaker, care about quality. Yes. And so I, I hope that people walk out of the Blue Miracle experience and they go, wow, where did, where did that reserve film come from? Mm-hmm. It just tastes better. There's something about it. So, yeah. Uh, and then the second thing is the guy said, Ren, there was a random wedding party. He said, it actually goes against our culture to bring the reserve wine out second. Mm. And so the kind of content that I'm creating is going against our current culture's thinking. Mm-hmm. So whether that's forgiveness in the context of marriage or taking care of the orphans or, or whatever, mm. you know, God's stories that he gives me. You know, so yeah. So that, that's, that's the heartbeat behind the, you're not going to read it on the website, but that's, yeah, that's the branding. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, thank you so much for the questions. And those were some tough questions. I actually texted you yesterday. I was like, these are some rough <laughs> questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening today. You guys can always submit your questions anytime to move.sc slash ask, or you can go to the Sandals Church app. Look forward to seeing you guys next time. And Darren, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for loving Jesus. Thank you for what you do. And thank you for being a part of Sandals Church. Yeah. Love you, Matt. Yeah. Love you guys. See you next week. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Debrief Podcast with Matt Brown. If you enjoyed this episode, consider liking, subscribing, and sharing it with a friend. If you would like to submit a question to Pastor Matt, you can do so at move.sc slash ask. And if you would like to support the work we are doing, consider donating at donate.sc. Thank you again and have a blessed day.